Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Thrive Church. We're glad that you are here this morning. What a great crowd on this little frigid morning. I just want you to note that this is a little bit warmer than than it was last Sunday, and uh, just glad that you came out. And we had told you that there were, the projected forecast would be an even 70 degrees here in the auditorium. And so we like to we like to just give a shout out to our ushering team for making that poss- possible. Thank you, ushering team. And, uh, and that guitar solo, JR, that was that awesome, man, what a great job that he did. Our worship team is just awesome. Can we give them a shout out this morning? Yeah. You know, each and every one of us, when we serve together, we just make an awesome church. I want to welcome all those who are watching in the 715 area code with us this morning. We are glad wherever you're at in your living room, in your dining room, wherever you're at, we're glad that you are connecting with us. My name is Sheldon Miles. And uh, I'm excited about starting a new sermon series uh, today. Um, But before I get started, I just want to, we have been saying that our our word for the year is forward. And we handed these bracelets out last week. And if you would like a forward bracelet, make sure you connect with one of our ushers as you leave. And I would just encourage you to go through the center door and they can help you get a hold of one of those bracelets. I also want to encourage you. Follow the notes. Uh, you get so much more out of the message when you when you focus on the notes. I want to ha- wish all of you a happy Valentine's Day. And guys, if they, if you forgot, you have just a you know just a couple chances to to make that up today. It's going to be a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. I, I read a 2020 New York Post, uh, and they had some thoughts on this. They they polled 2,000 Americans. And they found that 81% of all Americans are more excited about Valentine's Day than they are even about Christmas. People get more excited about Valentine's Day. So uh, I know I'm excited about Valentine's Day. They said 56% look at Valentine's Day as a way to show everyone they love them and they appreciate them. So today, let's, let's just go out of our way to express love and appreciation they said that 33%, now this is a Sunday, so you had the day off today, 33% will actually take the day off of work in order to prepare themselves for, for Valentine's Day. So uh, I, I think that's great. And then they also said 69% agree. They say that I love you more on Valentine's Day than any other day of the year. So today, this val- it's kind of a Valentine's Day message. We're starting a new sermon series called Love the Verb, uh, but today's going to be kind of focused on marriage. And I'm just kind of curious, if you think that you have been married the shortest amount of time in this room, I want you and your spouse to stand up. I might have a gift for you. So if you're here today with your spouse, and you just think that maybe you have been married the shortest amount of time, just go ahead and stand up and let's see who that is. There might be of something valuable in this card, in this envelope. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. But if you think, just maybe, you've been married a, a short amount of time. Yeah, I love the courage that's in this room. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So 20 years, all right, we have 20 years. Anybody been married less than 20 years? Raise your hand if you've been married less than 20 years. Okay, anybody less than 15 years? Okay, now, now we're on a roll here. All right, anybody less than 12 years? 12 years, okay, all right. Anybody less than 10 years? Anybody less than 10 years? Okay, you have your, you have your spouse with you? Oh, okay, you have to have your spouse with you. Less than 10 years. Any, anybody else less than 10 years? Okay, anybody less than seven years? Se- anybody, okay, seven years is going once. <laughs> going twice, less than seven years, going twice. Three times, right? Oh, do we, where, where, where are we at over here? Less than seven years. All right, so less than five years. That less than five years. All right, less than four years. Okay, is, is, what, how many years has it been? A year and a half. Where were you before? Hello, why did you make me work for this? Come on up here. Get up here, guys. Get up here. This is Jason and Zoe, and their, their little one. I'm forgetting the little one's name. What is it? Nathan. Jason, yes, yes, yes. I've been married for quite a while. So. All right, let me ask you guys a question. So a year and a half, what is the biggest life lesson that you've learned about marriage that, that in this year and a half? What's the one thing that like, aha, you're a big aha moment? Well, I'm interested in both. I really am. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. What? Seeing it from another person's What's that? Seeing life from another person's perspective. Seeing life from another person's perspective. Yeah, yeah, well, you pick up on that. And Zoe, what, how about you? Patience. Yes, I think if I was married to Jason, I'd need patience too. <laughs> there you guys go. Enjoy your day. <laughs> Enjoy your day. Yeah, see, I had to pay. Were you raising your hand the entire time, Jason? Dude, come on, man. See, I, I'm, I'm losing my patience with you, man. Come on. I'm joking. I'm glad you guys are here today. So I, we are starting a new sermon series called Love the Verb. Love the Verb. And, and, and I want you to know that we call this sermon series Love the Verb because that's what love is. Love is an action. That's what, we, that's what a verb is, an action word. It is an action. We're going to talk about that. We're going to kind of just kind of see what that means in God's eyes today. So I had this plaque up here. I used to, I worked for a company. I took a, a year and a half off of pastoring a church, and I worked as a corporate chaplain for a company called Homestead Senior Care. And, uh, and so I was a chaplain for, oh, close to 900 caregivers throughout the state of Wisconsin, and, and periodically I, I got to work with uh, some of the clients as well. But uh, in their training, uh, the intro training, they said, we just have one core value for our company. And it says, our core value is what we call love the verb. And then they would explain to us, this is what it means. Here's the, here's the, the qualities. It means it's patience, it's kindness, humility, selflessness, respectfulness, forgiveness, honesty, and commitment. That's what it means to us. And if you would just focus on love the verb, 
All these other things are going to, they're going to fall into place. And man, I just, you know, sometimes you go into a company and you hear them give a presentation on like that and like, yeah, okay, that's nice. But I'm telling you, this company really had it figured out. They were very sincere and that really was the culture. That's what made that company that I had a chance to work with so unique and so distinct that they truly understood what love the verb means. I really, I really believe that that's the kind of love God has called us to live out. Let me explain this to you. So we see love written all throughout the scriptures, and you really see it pointed out in the New Testament. If you understand New Testament, the New Testament, the Old Testament is primarily written in Hebrew. New Testament is written in Greek. In the, in the Greek language, you can have one word, but it means different things in different scenarios. And so the word love, maybe you've heard this before, in the Bible there's four different meanings just based on the scripture and the context, what it's talking about. But there's four different meanings. Let me go through that with you. There is this, this word called eros. It's a Greek word, eros. Excuse my Greek. Maybe I used a southern version for it here. But it is an eros love, and this is kind of a romantic love, a Valentine's Day kind of love. It's the smoochy, smoochy, coochie, coochie kind of love. That, that maybe, maybe that, that, that uh, explained it to you. And then there's the, the, the storgy kind of love. And I hope I say that right. But this is the family kind of love. This is like, I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my kids. I just love my family. And there's just kind of something unique about that. And then there's a third kind of love called philea. And it's where you, the, the, the city of Philadelphia. And the city of Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Now, I got a couple guys, a couple guys are in my life group here. And, and there's a couple of you guys, I, I've walked up to you and like, I love you, man. I love you, bro. You know what I mean? And when you give a fist bump, you know, watch out for the hugging, but just give the fist bump. I love you, bro. And it's like, yeah, I really do. I love you like a brother, even though you're not my blood brother, but you're my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ. And so, so I, I love you. But then there's the fourth kind, and that's what I want to focus on today and throughout this sermon series. The fourth kind, and, and again, going back to this company that I worked with, each and every time that they would go through an introduction and explain what love the verb means. They would say, hey, let me, let me explain it through you, to you through the scripture verse of John 3, 16. And I want to read this for you. This is from the New Living Translation. It's probably the most powerful, most quoted scripture verse in all the scriptures. It says this, that this is how God loved the world. This is how he did it. What he did is he gave. He, he, it, there was an action that took place. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, they would not perish but have eternal life. So when you look at the Greek loved right there, this is what they, the Greek calls agapo love. Everybody say agapo love. See, some of you, are, you know a Greek word. You know a Greek word right now. And, and this is God's kind of love. This is love the verb. And, and, and I want you to look at John 3, 16. We understand the context of this passage here, that God loved you so much that he didn't just tell you about it. He demonstrated it for you because you were in a terrible state. And by the way, uh, this next sermon series, when we lead up to Easter, is going to be called The Good News. And we're going to talk about what the gospel means. But we'll talk about that later. But understand this kind of love, John 3, 16 love, understand that it's selfless. It's others 
focused. It's not about me. It's about you. I'm doing this for you. And, and another word that we would use is it's sacrificial. So I give this out of my own free will. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. It's, it's, there's no expectation that I have for you in return. I'm going to do this whether you like me or not or whether you love me or not. And then the third word that I will use is servant-hearted. Servant-hearted, we're going to talk about values here coming up, but this is going to be one of the values for Thrive Churches. We're going to be servant-hearted. And so I'm going to love you in a way that adds value to your life. So, th- th- so we take John 3.16 kind of love, and then we move forward to John chapter 13. And Jesus, in John chapter 13, he gives to each and every one of us a commandment, not a suggestion, not a recommendation, but a command. He says, this is what I, I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. If you're going to be a Christ follower today, then he says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. I want you to love each other. So that, remember, John 3.16, love, agapo love. And then we look at John 13 kind of love. It's the same kind of love, agapo love. I want you to love selflessly. I want you to love sacrificially. And I want you to love servant-heartedly. And I want you to do that with one another. All the one another's in our life are all the people who are in your world. And he says, I want you to do it. He said, just as I have loved you, John 3.16 all those things, I, you should love each other in the same way. So we are called to live out love the verb in our world. Now, again, notice that they, these are the same kind of loves. And then he says here, he says, your love, love the verb, the way that you demonstrate it towards another, is going to prove to the world that you really are my disciples. You know, there's a lot of people who are really confused with Christianity because they hear a lot about this love, but I think they're struggling to see it. And, and I think maybe there's some legitimacy to that. And so that's why I feel like a message like this, a sermon series, is so important that we focus on really what does it mean to live out, love the verb, this agapo love in our world. So, uh, so I, here's what I think. I, I, in the world I live in, I think people are starving for, for love that is real. I think that there are people, and all of us, we are looking for the real thing. We don't want anything fake. Let's face it. The world that we are living in today is starving for a demonstration of authentic love, the verb. And what better place for people to see it than people who love God? What, what better place to find that than in the church? And I hope and pray I hope and pray for those who are watching online, who are here today, I hope and pray that when you come to Thrive Church, you truly experience this thing called love the verb. I hope and pray that for those who are watching online, that you have checked out this service today and you feel welcome, that you feel accepted, and that you feel loved genuinely. You know, I think, unfortunately, there are many who are confused about what love is. And all we really need to do is look at the state of marriage today. They say, the statistics, I found this in a book, that 45% of people married, it will end in a divorce. People who are married for the second time around, 
that it goes up to 60%. And then for people who are married for the third time, the divorce rate is 75%. And here's what the phrase, most counselors will heal most in common, or lawyers of why they no longer want to be married. They will hear the phrase, I am no longer in love with this person. And what they're actually communicating here is they are communicating, I, have, I woke up one day and I just decided to no longer love this other person. That's the message. I just, I just chose to no longer live out love the verb. And again, the kind of love that God wants us to live out, love the verb, understand, hear me, if you get anything out of this message, hear me when I say this, love the verb is not about what you get. Love the verb, God's kind of love is what you give. Let me say that one more time. It's not about what you get. It's not about this feeling. I just don't feel like I'm in love anymore. That's, that's, that not, that's not God's love. I just don't feel the romantic. And we were, when we were young and in love, we were just, it was so romantic. And I'm just not feeling the love anymore. That's, the, that's not God's kind of love. It's, it's, I don't feel that physical intimacy anymore. That's not God's kind of love. Oh, by the way, time out here for a second. I have discovered that in marriage, when you live out God's kind of love, those things are a manifestation. Those things do come out, the romance, the intimacy, those things kind of rise. But when I'm looking into my marriage and I'm trying to just focus on all those things and I'm not feeling it, I think you're missing the mark. But when we live out God's love and we understand it's not about what you get, but it's about what you give, I think there's the change. There's the life change. And I, how do I know this so well? So I, I talk about my own marriage. Been married 31 years, coming up on 31 years, exactly, on June 23rd. <laughs> June 23rd, write that down on your calendar. We, I, I think in our earlier years of marriage, and I, I talked, Michelle and I talked about this, we, I think we struggled with understanding what love was. I think we struggled understanding how to love each other. And I think for, for a period, I mean, I, I've had a great marriage, but I think, to be honest, both of us would say, we're, there was times we weren't connecting. I think that there was expectations that each of us had individual expectations and we weren't living up to those expectations based on what our interpretation of what love was. And it was just, it just, man, something, something was missing. And a turning point for our marriage is when somebody set us down. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but somebody turned us on to this idea of what is known as the five love languages. How many of you ever heard of the five love languages? But a book by the name of Gary Chapman. And, and this is probably right about when it came out. Somebody had taught us through, I don't know what happened, but it was like one of those aha moments in our marriage. And he discovered that, it, that, that, that we give and we receive love differently based on five different languages. So let me, let me give you an example here. So if I, if I, if I explain to you today, and I, I'm just looking at one of you individually, and I said that I love you, I love you, but I'm speaking it in Korean, in the Korean language. 
You would sit there, what? What? And I mean, I could say it to him blue in the face. I could say it a hundred times. And you're sick. what do you, you, you got to go to the, where's the bathroom? Or you, you want something to drink? Like, it's too warm. I don't understand. What are you trying to say? And, and you wouldn't get it. But then I'm like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me speak this in the English language. And I say, I love you. Why didn't you just tell me that in the first place? <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Now I understand. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say that, Pastor. I, I love you too, Pastor. That's very nice of you to say that. You see, we, we need to learn to speak. Each of us has a different language. We need to learn to speak what that language is. And, it, and by the way, this is more than just marriage, okay? I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about your children. If, if you are a ministry leader in this church, these are the people who are on your serve team. There is so much here. And, he, and here's, here's the premise of this book, that each and every one of us has this, what is known as an emotional love tank. Love tank. And, and how many of you, you understand what I'm talking about. You know when your love tank is full, and you know when your love tank is empty. And, and it's really our responsibility if we love our spouse, our significant other, our children, and the way that God has called for us to do, well, then we learn how to love them in their love language so that their love tank is full. You see, your mission is to keep that other person's love tank full. That's your responsibility. As a spouse, you, you are to love them as Christ loves us. And he, and he talks about that there. So each and every one of us then, we have a primary love language. And I'm going to go through these five here in just a moment here. But there's, there's one of these love languages, kind of your primary love language. And so when somebody loves you in this way, you just, oh man, I, just, I feel so loved. But when you are being loved outside of another love language, yeah, that's nice, but it's not, it's not really filling the tank, all right? And so really, so then so we have a primary love language, and then there's a secondary love language. A secondary love language is your spouses or significant others, your child. That is their love language. And our responsibility is to figure out what their, we know what ours is. We know how we feel love, but we need to figure out what their language is and as servant-hearted people that we are, we need to love them in the way that they need to be loved. Does all that make sense? Does everybody follow me on here? So, so let me talk about the five love languages. And I'm going to talk about how Jesus demonstrated love the verb to others in each one of these love languages. So first of all, and this is my love language, okay? Words of affirmation. I use words of affirmation. These are verbal compliments or encouraging words of appreciation. Let's look at Jesus here. And so in, in, there's a, in Matthew 25, there's a story that Jesus gives called the parable of the talents. And there's three servants in this story. And the master comes and he has given them so much to invest, all right? This is kind of like a boss or a leader, and he calls for them to invest these talents or these gifts that have been given to them. And then there comes a time where he comes back and he's like, okay, it's kind of like a, a review. How many of you have work reviews at, at your work? You've been a part of a work review. Well, this is kind of a work review. And he notices the, two, the first two servants, and he's like, oh my goodness, 
you guys have knocked it out of the park. In fact, he says, he says, you are away. you did well done, good and faithful servant. Do you, how many of you you feel the words of affirmation there? Well done, good and faithful. Great job. Just, just a side note here. One of these days, we're going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's going to say like words, I hope. I, I just want you to know one of my purposes in life is I want to live for the well done. What if we strove, to, what if we strived in life to just say, I'm just going to focus on living for the well done. When I stand before God, I want him to look at me and say, nice, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Just, just a side note there. But he, here's some examples of maybe what words of affirmations look like. Words like, I love you. Words like, you look great today. I don't know. My wife gave me a Valentine's card today and told me I looked exceptionally handsome. Just putting that out there. My love tank is full. <laughs> you did a fantastic job. You're the best. You are beautiful. That one, uh, that's all right. Yeah, I don't know. You're awesome. That just, when, when, when I hear words, especially from my bride, when she says those words to me, I, I thrive. I thrive. And, I, I, and, and, and so it just, it just makes my love tank full. I love it. And I, I tell her, I said, listen, sweetheart, I need, I need those words of affirmation. And I've even given her permission. I sh you shouldn't give permission to people to lie, but I've given her permission to lie. And I'm like, even if it was a horrible message, just lie to me and tell me it was great. Just, and God will forgive you and it's okay. But I love her attaboys. And then she gives me a little pat on the butt every once in a while. Attaboy. It's, just, it's good for you. It's good for those who need the words of affirmation. Am I in trouble, sweetheart? Yes, okay. <laughs> TMI. She's spelling out those words with her eyes, TMI. But she notices that sometimes when my love tank is empty, especially during this whole process here, my, you know, it gets kind of your love tank. Gets a little, and then she's just been so encouraging to me. She's just my number one encourager. I just appreciate and she recognizes that. And that maybe that's not her love language, but she chooses to love me in that language. And, uh, and so, so the next one is hers. Let's talk about Michelle for a little bit here. And that's quality time. And I get, I, she gave me permission to talk about her love language here. This is undivided attention and you being present. You're being present. You're not being sidetracked by a phone. You're not being sidetracked by... Other messages. Let's talk about Jesus here. We see that Jesus spent three years, three plus years with these disciples, quality time being present. But then he spent more time with these disciples, Peter, James, and John, invested in them. And then I love this one part where it said that Jesus spent time and he, he dined with sinners. Back then, if you had a dinner with somebody, you were just really investing into that person's life. And Jesus spent time, quality time. So, so those who have the, the, the love language of quality time, they spell love, T-I-M-E, time. 
So these are the ones who's like, I want you to spend quality time, and I want you to focus on me, and let's do things together. My, my life, she, she, she does things, but she would rather that we do things together. And one of the, my, my favorite things that we do together is, well, once, the, once it warms up a little bit, and this is kind of over with, we, we, for, for a season there, we were like walking every day together, walking and talking and talking and walking and just, just spending quality time. It doesn't have to be anything big. We have enjoyed the greatest vacations in the world just spending quality time together. So when we go on vacations, we don't do anything like really, really big. Every once in a while we do. It's just we go to a different place and we spend time together. And here's things that are important to them. Important is conversations. Conversations. That in those conversations, there's eye contact. And so I, I've learned that like it's not always, if we're going to go on a date, maybe stay away from those places that have the televisions everywhere because, uh, you know, I just want to have, she's helped me learn that eye contact is important, body language is important, that being present expresses to her that she is loved. And so, again, going back to our marriage, you know, for a, a few years ago, where our marriage was getting into trouble is when I was not being so present. I was distracted by being a pastor and everything that was happening in our church. And really, I was putting all of my quality time into that and giving her the remnants. And I didn't notice it, but she certainly did. And if she's noticing it, then there was a problem. And so we, we learned how, and, and I tried to learn through our time of just kind of taking a break about being intentional, and it's still a process that I have to learn. And, and parents, can I just say to you, done a lot of counseling with, with adults who have resentment in their hearts, and the words that I will hear them say is that when I was growing up, my mother or my father was not there for me. Quality time is important. Let me continue on here. Number three is gifts. And a gift is a symbol of thought. And listen to Jesus here. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. God wants to give you. He wants to give you more than eternal life, but he wants to give you the gift of life more abundantly. Let me continue here. John 15, he says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did. He gave of himself for us. He's a total gift giver. And so, from my understanding of gift givers, it's not so much, it doesn't have to be a really big extravagant gift, but it's just that when you saw that item, that thing, whatever, that object, you were thinking of that other person. And you thought enough of them to give that to them. You wanted to share that with them. Let me give you an illustration. Again, I used to work with the clients at home instead and worked with this lady who is 96 years of age, and she just totally did not look like it or act like it. And she had all over every single finger, she had a whole bunch of bling with her rings. <laughs> she had rings of bling all over her hands. And, and, uh, and her caregiver says, those rings are legit. 
Those are, there's not a fake ring on her, on her hand. So I would begin to talk to her about that, and she would just light up. You know, she was a widow, and she would talk about, see that ring right there? My husband gave that to me on such and such occasion. You see that ring over there? It was on, a, on this certain anniversary. And she just start to tear up and just smile, and she was just feeling the love. And her husband invested into her through her love languages. What an investment that he made. And she felt loved. She felt loved. Let me continue on. And this, this is a fun one here, acts of service. This is an action that communicates, I want to be a blessing in your life. So Jesus, when he points out that we know that he washed his disciples' feet. And if you, you understand that moment, like back in those days, the context of the story, that is like the, the role of a servant. But that's what Jesus would do for his disciples. And he would get down on his hands and knees and serve them. And he would say, you do the very same thing. So this person feels loved when you serve them. Now, I can talk more about this, but I think I found this video that, let's watch this video, and, and it points out two things. Number one, it points out acts of service, definitely, how important it is. But I want you to see how love, the verb, or how lo the love languages work. When you notice it, when you begin to take action, look at the transformation. Go ahead and show this video. I don't and complain. It's like, well, I'm just saying, it's like March. And she wants me to mow the lawn twice a week. That is, no. I mean, you honestly, can make that up. Honest, I took a ruler, okay? I took a ruler, I went out you there, and I measured crazy. the do you grass. Have, do you understand that you're was, crazy? Do you hear this? I'm not cra She's crazy. I measured the grass. It was literally, it was, it was a quarter of an inch higher, and she notices. No. Who no notices that? Like, okay, so these, these love languages. Love languages. You're talking about. I'm confused. Um, I have no doubt that she's confused. Yeah. It doesn't That's take an much. understatement. But, um, you know. So I thought his love language might be cleaning. You know, trying anything to please him and make him happy. Cause... Might be cooking. Am I right? <laughs> no. And he was just sitting watching TV and I was vacuuming and he freaked out about it. I politely asked her to sort of relocate the vacuum, you know, and vacuum in another room. I, I you don't want me to clean the house? There was a game on. <clears throat> you like football more than me. You love your football game. And I even made a nice dinner so that he would have something to eat whenever he got home from his long day. And when he walked in the door, I simply asked him very politely to take out the trash. And I politely went up to the trash can, walked over, and sort of pushed it down a little and saw that there was still some room. And, you know, I want to conserve our trash can, uh, <laughs> trash bags to save money. So I politely <laughs> told her, sweetie, I would love to take out the trash. I just, you know, whenever it's more full, I'll be glad to take it out for you. And that, that, that's sort of sort of what happened. I think we can both agree on it. <clears throat> All right, I came here alone because I, I think I figured it out. Maybe her love language is acts of service. You know, because she came and she did the vacuum thing for me. 
And then she was always complaining about me taking out the trash. So the other day, she's washing dishes, right? And the phone rings and she goes to answer it. So I think, why don't I go and wash the dishes for her? My man are a miracle worker. Did you catch that? <laughs> Did you catch that? If you want to give me credit for being a miracle worker, I'll take it. <laughs> but it just is of noticing and recognizing, aha, instead of just being focused on how I need to be loved, what if I focused on what that other person is saying, whatever they're doing, what if I chose to love them in the way that they need to be loved? And I just want to encourage you so much. It, I think that's what happens. That's what happens when we begin to love in their language and not selfish, selfishly like our language, it comes back. Let me, let me finish this last one. The last one is physical touch. And this is loving expressions through physical touch. And I love the, the imagery and the prodigal son where Jesus tells a story, he, says, he talks about this father who sees this son who is coming home uh, after living a, a life of, of sin and, and away from God. And his son is coming home, and it says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. I, I love this. You know, research shows that babies who are held, touched, and kissed are healthier than those who are not. In fact, uh, years ago, I went on a missions trip, took a bunch of students to Romania, and part of the, one of the teams, their responsibility, they went to a hospital, and they would go and hold the infants in that hospital because they had no parents to do that for them, and that was for their health. And I just thought that was great. And I believe that, it, well, science has shown that there are nerve sensors in the human body and it's for the purpose of transmitting stimulus to our brains when we hold each other, when we hug each other. And it doesn't have to be, and we're not talking so much physical intimacy, but it can be a simple hug or holding hands. But, uh, but God has, has made us like that. Let me, let me continue on here. Let me just give you three ways to discover your love language. And I, I would encourage you, uh, you can go to the number five lovelanguages.com, and you can take a survey. And again, this is not just for married couples. This is for, for friendships, relationships, for your children. But I encourage you to just look at this. But here's a couple questions you could ask yourself. What does your spouse do or fail to do that hurts you most deeply? Because the opposite of that is probably your love language. So in other words, your, your spouse doesn't want to cuddle, and that just hurts you. Well, then maybe that's your love language is physical touch. And maybe uh, they, they never help you. you. You're always busy, and you're just like, why won't they, they should notice that I need help? Well, maybe it's because that is your love language. It's the act of service. Here's a second question. What have you most often requested of your spouse? Do you, are you the one who's like, I put together a honey-do honey list, and I tell them, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? And then they don't follow through and just makes me so mad. Um, 
or, or maybe uh, she's like, I just wish that I, he would just hug me or just embrace me or just, you know, can, can we just do that? Or maybe, maybe that's because physical touch is important to you. Or just maybe you're the one who's like, I, you know, I would just like a little bit of appreciation every once in a while. Well, maybe that's because it's words of affirmation. Number three question. In what way do you regularly express your love to your spouse? Are you the one who's just like, oh, come on, let me give you a hug, let me give you a kiss? Well, that's, that's because it's probably physical touch for you. Or maybe you're just continually giving words of affirmation. You know, you're this and you're just that. You know, I just, I can't, you know, he's just so wonderful. I know, Michelle, just like, never mind. Maybe that's, it's words of affirmation for you. Or just leaving a card or a gift or a surprise. You, you just love that. Well, then maybe that is receiving gifts. Here's my encouragement for you. Once you've discovered your love language, have a discussion with your spouse. So make this, maybe make this an assignment where you, you sit down together and we're going to figure out this love language thing. But I only touched on it today. And, and, and there's so much that you can get in it, but just figure out what is your love language. Second of all, then find out your spouse's or your child's love language. Take time to discover once you've discovered yours and you've discovered theirs, then the third thing, stop trying to love out of your love language. So if yours is words of affirmation and you're just going up to them and saying all these words and words and words and expecting, like, does that fill your tank? No, 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 no. Find out what their love language is and love them in their love language and be intentional. Remember, we're talking about love the verb, and love the verb is sacrificial, it's selfless, and it's servant-hearted, and I'm going to love without any expectation in return. But then, watch the difference that it makes. Notice the difference. When you start investing, watch the difference. So close out this message today, we are we're going to focus, this was kind of a marriage-focused message today. This Wednesday starts the season of Lent. Is there anybody, I don't know if you, maybe some of you practice Lent, but Lent is really, it's kind of the, the 40 days, it's like a 40-day focus in preparation. It's a spiritual emphasis in preparation for Easter that is 40 days down the road. And I just thought to myself, what, we're entering into this new sermon series, and then we're going to be going to enter in another sermon series that really deals with this issue. What if we as a church, what difference could it possibly make if we would have a 40 days of love the verb challenge starting today? What if we decided in these next 40 days, I'm really going really to focus in on what is love the verb and how I can better live it out in my life. And so to make this practical, this is what we're going to do. If you, if you choose to partake in this challenge, each and every Sunday, we're going to give you a verb, a one-word verb. And I'm going to challenge you to take that verb that is given to you and that you would just talk to God and say, God, okay, this was the challenge, let's put it out. And, and I just want to take that challenge. And God, I want you to show me 
how and where I can live out that verb for this week. I'm going to be intentional, and I'm going to be focused, looking for opportunities on how to live out that verb for the week. So without telling you what this week's verb is, how many of you will say, I will take that 40 days of love the verb challenge? Take that. I'm going to, I'm going to discover what love is. So here's, here's your challenge. If you accept it, here's your verb for the week. Your verb is listen. Listen. And throughout this week, you are going to be intentional about listening. You're going to go to God. You're going to pray to God, what is it that you want me to learn? How can I express love the verb through listening? How can I learn how to better love others? Philippians 2 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. And one of the, one of the, I think one of the most selfish things that we do is we get together with people and we talk, 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 and we have to be heard. And one of the most life-giving things that you can do is be around people and just try to hear them. In fact, just this past week, I had two separate conversations, two people, separate conversations, people who are a different race than me. And I, in, in those conversations, I wanted to hear from them, what is it like to grow up or to, or to live in the 715 area code in a different race? What is that like? And I just listened. And I learned. I learned so much. And I said, oh, man, thank you. And I think for them, they felt valued. They felt loved. And I took away from that. And now, now I know how to Maybe show, express, love the verb a little bit more intentionally to people in that race. Are you, are you following me with this? Let's love the verb. Maybe you're here today and you want to know more about love the verb through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're watching online and you, you don't have a relationship with God. You want to experience God's love in a greater way. In fact, you want to come into relationship with him. And I want you to know Jesus is always only a prayer way. Maybe you're with me today. I just want to encourage you to pray with me this prayer. Just say, God, I need you in my life. I want to know your love in a greater way. I know that you love me so much. You gave your son. You paid that price for me. I want to know this love in a greater way. So I'm inviting you to come and live inside of my life, to change the way I think, to change the person that I am. Lord, I want to make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to encourage you. You can reach out to us at, at church, at Thrive Church. Um, just, say, just email sheldon.miles at thrive715.com. And I, I want to give you this resource. I just talk to these folks who are in the back in the guest center. And they have a book that will help you take these next steps in your journey. Lord, I just want to pray for all those who have just said, listen, I want to live out these next 40 days. I want to grow and love the verb. And this week, Lord, I am going to listen. Not sure exactly what that means just yet, but Lord, I pray, show me opportunities where I can just listen to my spouse, to my kids to you, to my coworkers, to that person that I am not crazy about. People who view politics differently than me. Help me, Lord, this week 
to listen. Express love the verb through listening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for checking out the Thrive Church Podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcome, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.